0: Welcome to Facebook Week on the MarTech Podcast.
1: This week, we're going to do a deep dive into one of the largest, most popular, and most controversial advertising platforms in the world, Facebook. Each day this week, we're going to publish an episode that discusses what you need to know about launching, scaling, and optimizing your brand's presence on Facebook. Joining us today is Akvila DeFazio, who is the founder of Acvertise, which is a social media marketing agency that helps her clients expand their reach and visibility online through Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and other social networks. With over 10 years experience in PPC, Akvila and her team have supported a wide variety of brands, including Postmates, Headspace, WAG, and Bing. Here's the first installment of Facebook Week, where Akvila and I discuss the current landscape of the Facebook platform. Akvila, welcome to the MarTech Podcast.
2: Hi, Ben. Thank you so much for having me here.
1: It's great to have you on the show. I know we have some mutual friends. Uh, Michelle Robbins who was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. That's how we got introduced. So it's great to build a networking contact and have a new friendly face on the show. Absolutely. Yeah, great people to know in common. Absolutely. So I want to talk a little bit about Facebook and we're going to start off a little high level talking about the landscape of the Facebook platform. A lot has gone on in the past couple of years with dramatic expansion of Facebook, and now there's some scrutiny on the data practices. Just give me the lay of the land as a Facebook advertiser. Do you feel like the platform is still growing? Was it a workhorse for people? Just help us understand how to think about the Facebook advertising platform in general.
2: There's just so many aspects. To answer your one question, it is most certainly Still a very solid, robust platform that is highly effective. It's been around for a long time. There's so much data in terms of targeting and just options to reach your target audience, regardless of what industry you're in or what type of business or business size even. And even last year, we had that huge fiasco with Facebook, Zuckerberg going to Congress and the general public becoming more aware of how ads work and how social media platforms work with privacy and their own data. But people were upset about it are much more conscious but they're still using that platform and we haven't seen that negatively impact our clients certain things have gone away in terms of targeting based on income and other types of behavioral data but we're starting to find other ways to either use it in different ways or facebook's coming up with other solutions which they just launched zip code targeting based on income so that is back so there's a lot of opportunity there so if you haven't dive in test it out but if you have Diversify to other channels as well. But Facebook is still a very strong form to use for your advertising efforts.
1: To me, when I think of the digital marketing space, specifically on the PPC side, I look at Facebook as either the biggest or the second biggest digital marketing advertising platform. There's the Google AdWords platform, including the Google Display Network, mm-hmm. if you're going to do search marketing. Or if you're doing display. And then there is Facebook, which is the capstone of social media marketing. It's got video. It's got your display. Obviously, it's a very visual platform. It also includes Instagram. Is Facebook the biggest or the second biggest platform?
2: Between Google and Facebook, it's hard to tell. They function very differently. But I would think that in terms of paid social... Facebook is definitely the largest and now that they have Instagram under their umbrella, there's a lot more opportunity there, especially with younger demographics and doing more with video. So it might be even to Google, it just depends because Facebook's a really great introductory point, or Google is much more intent based and is great for maybe further down the funnel. But it's important to do both.
1: So talk to me a little bit about the competition. You mentioned Facebook is clearly the biggest social media advertising platform, and it also owns Instagram, and that's built into the same platform. They also own WhatsApp and a handful of other social networking tools, Messenger included. How does it compare to the other social media platforms in terms of size and in terms of how people are using it? There's Pinterest, Twitter, Snapchat are they just smaller versions of the same thing or are they sort of verticalized in terms of how advertisers are on the platform?
2: Each channel is different in how it's used and who the primary users are. But 80% of the world's population is on Facebook, which is huge. I think that's over 1 billion people, maybe close to two at this point. So it's definitely been around the longest. So given their growth, it's the most robust in terms of targeting options. But there's other channels that do really well. For instance, Pinterest and LinkedIn ads are still heavily underutilized by advertisers, and there's been a lot of changes in those platforms to focus more on e-commerce, or with Pinterest, or with LinkedIn, just being in front of the B two B audience. But with that being salesy and being more helpful and informative, and then driving people down your funnel that way. So while Facebook's a really great introductory point, the lowest cost by far when it comes to social media advertising platforms. But it's important to find different opportunities to get in front of your potential customers.
1: It seems like that's really the big differentiator. You mentioned that Facebook is broad Mm -hmm. and you can reach pretty much everyone on Facebook. I'm always, whenever I'm talking about Facebook, I'm throwing the Instagram platform in there as well, even though I think that the targeting profile for Instagram is a little different than Facebook. Just give me a sense of what the difference for how advertisers are approaching Facebook versus Instagram.
2: So typically, Facebook is used by everyone, but the active user is a little bit of an older demographic because it's been around longer. And now as the next generation is coming into play and being the next generation of consumers that they're still on there. I have nieces and nephews that are between the teenagers through college and they're on Facebook, but they don't use it actively. They look at it to kind of see what's going on, but they're much more active on Instagram because they're short form content videos with Instagram stories and the feed doesn't have as much Text, it's a much more visual platform. So you're going to see a lot more people joining Instagram lately from all age ranges, but the most active ones are younger. And if you're looking to get more video across to Facebook and introduce the older demographics to ephemeral or short form content, like you've seen stories, which disappear every 24 hours, one really great tactic is to take your Instagram stories and share them onto Facebook stories as well, just so you can kind of get both faces covered and acquainted with that new type of format.
1: What I'm hearing from you is that Facebook is the broadest of platform. Instagram also has a huge following, but it skews a little younger. And maybe a step beyond that is probably Snapchat, which is really the youngest skewing of the social network platforms. Pinterest is for e-commerce. LinkedIn is for B2B. What is the difference between, in terms of advertising platforms, Twitter and Facebook?
2: A lot of people use Twitter, but advertising, we haven't had a really great case study where we've seen that Twitter outperforms any other channel. It's a great secondary one to use to get maybe for retargeting or finding some other consumers, particularly around events where that's where we've seen success. But Twitter, it's challenging to do effective advertising there because costs are a little bit higher. The targeting isn't quite where Facebook and Instagram are, but it can be effective in certain ways, and maybe getting people a little bit further down the funnel.
1: Yeah, event-based things and real-time targeting seem to be the core value proposition of Twitter, right? When something is breaking, then you could reach people while the story is hot. And to me, I think of Twitter more as a content platform than I do specifically as an advertising platform. I know that they've built out a, a ton of advertising services, but I just don't think it's been as effective in terms of direct response as Facebook has. Exactly. Okay. Tell me about who's doing well on the Facebook platform and what are some of the trends you're seeing in terms of the buy-in to be successful on the platform?
2: So things are changing with Facebook and it's becoming more saturated as new businesses come into play. And I think Facebook's still dealing with an inventory issue because it is getting much more competitive. But I think they're also doing a great job balancing new ad placements that are coming out through Messenger. I know that they've revamped to an extent the audience network. It's still not great, but it can convert at a very low cost. And just uh, incorporating Instagram into what they're doing with stories in particular. So while costs might be going up slightly, we haven't had any clients deterred from it. And it's not enough to make a huge difference, at least for the clients that we're working with, compared to something like LinkedIn, which can be effective for certain clients, but the costs there are much bigger. So I feel like we have a lot of room to grow and maybe spend more on Facebook, even though we might not want to, but that's the nature of the landscape today.
1: I feel like Facebook has become more expensive over the last few years, where as the company was going through its exponential growth curve, before it was a publicly traded company, it was almost an untapped resource for growth. There were lots of advertisers that were coming on and reaching new audiences at price points that were significantly less than trying to reach them through offline channels and even through AdWords. Now that it's saturated and you're starting to get some of the big brand advertisers, even as large as the consumer packaged goods company, and shifting their advertising spend from offline to online... Facebook is seeing a lot of that influx of advertising revenue, which is driving costs up.
2: Yes, which is unfortunate, but that's kind of the world we live in digitally. And it's just important to diversify while Facebook's really great. And it's still lower cost than everything else. If there are other channels you haven't explored yet, you'll certainly want to do that going forward.
1: Absolutely. It's still a low barrier to entry to test Facebook and understand whether the platform is working. It's just not as cheap as it was. So I think the people that were relying on Facebook over the last few years are seeing their costs go up, but it's still cheaper than some of the other options that are out there that are scalable But Let's change the subject a little bit. Before we land the plan on this episode, I want to talk about some of the data practices and some of the things that have changed on the Facebook platform as a result of the Cambridge Analytica scandal and some of the other things that are going on macro in technology. What have you seen change this year in terms of what data people are able to use and what are some of the things that people need to know about who are looking to scale or start their Facebook advertising campaigns?
2: What a year it's been. (laughs) So many changes have taken place. It was really unfortunate when a lot of the data went away because as marketers and advertisers, we were familiar with how these platforms worked. And I'm sure that you, like myself, I've always told family and friends like, hey, if something is free, you are the product, just be careful what you post, especially to younger generations. But as a new business, if you're coming onto Facebook... There are some new things that might not be as easy as they once were when kind of like the Wild Wild West way back when it was easy to get this organic reach. But now you really have to pay to play to get any visibility on Facebook and Instagram. But don't let that deter you. I think that there are still really great opportunities. But regarding some of the data that went away last year was a lot of um, like household income, homeowner behaviors, and a lot of our clients were homeowner products in particular. So we took a hit there. But there were other ways. We figured out some short-term hacks by creating lookalike audiences based off of dummy UTMs. And that worked in the short term. But if you weren't able to do that now, there are some new features that have come out that will give you a little bit more insights into your audiences. For instance, they had it in beta last week, but it, they just launched it yesterday. So perfect timing for our conversation. There's a new targeting option in the ad set level, which is a part of the campaigns where you select your targeting. And now you can select people by household income based on different zip codes. You can find like the top 5% incomes in certain zip codes that you're targeting. And we just launched those for a test this morning, actually, and we're looking forward to the results for those. But that's one way you can find people based on income, especially if you have a higher priced product that you're looking to advertise. But other than that, or it's still pretty bleak when it comes to audience insights, they removed a lot of data from there based on just household education level, spending habits, that type of stuff. But I think Facebook is working on a few solutions to provide advertisers more insight while still trying to balance privacy issues and to make their users feel content to a certain point.
1: The interesting thing to me that you said, and I think without going into too much detail about what is available in terms of targeting, the first thing you said was that basically organic growth strategies on Facebook don't seem to be very viable. So it is a pay to play platform. Yeah. Before we get into the advertising, are there companies that you're seeing that are able to drive organic growth? Can you still manage a community or group on Facebook or, you know, is basically it's just an advertising supported platform now?
2: Primarily, it's an advertising-supported platform. The brands that I see performing well organically are ones that have been around for a while. They have a high fan count. But if you're lucky these days, you might get up to 1% of your fans actually seeing your organic content. So if you don't have too many fans of your page, not many of your users are seeing it, which makes it much more challenging, especially if you don't have an advertising budget yet or it's a very minimal one. But one way to kind of get around that is if you don't have much of a budget is start doing more on Instagram because I feel like you're still able to get much more organic reach that way and encourage your fans to engage with your posts, whether it's Facebook or Instagram, more so Instagram in this case. But the more they engage with it, Facebook's and Instagram's algorithm will deem it as relevant and reward you with more impression share. And if you're doing advertising, you're getting engagement, then you'll be rewarded with a lower cost per click or a CPM at that point to get more people engaging further with your ads.
1: One of the things that I've heard is that using groups and having people basically not necessarily like your page, but being involved in a community is a way to increase your organic reach as Facebook's moved away from just sort of social posts from brands. But it seems like the way to drive growth on the Facebook platform is really through the advertising. And that gets into some of the household data that you mentioned before that wasn't available and now we're starting to see a shift towards that coming back in a different form factor.
2: Correct. Yeah. Groups are an excellent way to get in front of your potential customers, you know, just re-engaging your existing customers, but you should be treating your pages and your groups in a similar fashion where they're not overly salesy and they're much more engaging, helpful, entertaining, useful something to get the users to come back and engage with your brand. And when it is time to become a customer or maybe to repurchase or upsell, they will think of you first and foremost. And I feel like groups are kind of the new pages
1: Absolutely. I mean, I've seen mostly for small consulting businesses that people are able to add groups around a specific topic and provide answers. And that's a nice way to do customer or lead acquisition, whether that's a scalable solution for enterprise brands, I'm not sure. But it seems like the shift away from organic towards pay to play is the dominating trend in all social networking.
2: Absolutely. Primarily Facebook and Instagram. But I can't emphasize enough exploring LinkedIn. Regardless if you're B2B, B2C, as long as it's not sales and you're putting out your content there, it's still getting a lot of organic visibility. So it's just another channel you might want to test out organically and then shift over to pace.
1: Absolutely. Well, it seems like the Facebook platform has changed a tremendous amount this year, and I'm excited to talk about it for the rest of the week. We're going to talk more about targeting, about creative optimization strategies over the rest of the week. So that wraps up this episode of the MarTech podcast, but lots to look forward to. Thanks to Akvila for joining us. If you'd like to learn more of Akvila's tips for building an effective Facebook strategy, we're going to publish an episode every day this week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and check back with us tomorrow morning when we discuss targeting methodologies that work on the Facebook ad platform. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to get in touch with Akvila, you can find a link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can send her a tweet at her Twitter handle, which is Akvila DeFazio, A-K-V-I-L-E-D-E-F-A-Z-I-O. Or you can visit her company's website. That's akvirtise.com. a K-V-E-R-T-I-S-E.com. You can also find a link to her beginner's guide to Facebook in our show notes. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while listening to this podcast, don't worry, we've got you covered. Just head over to martechpod.com, where we have summaries and transcripts of all of our episodes. If you're a subscriber to the Martech podcast, thank you for being a member of our community. We always want to hear from you. So we built benjshap.com questions where you could submit your questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. My handle is benjshap on LinkedIn and Twitter. That's B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a weekly stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, in addition to the rest of Facebook week, we've got great episodes lined up for the rest of the month. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. Okay, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy.